I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hello, everyone. I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And this is How's It Hold Up? I don't know why I said that whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> um, I guess Valerie's not here. It's throwing yes. me off my game. She's been here on the last mini episode. I know, I know, I know. Um, it's just as she wants. She did actually watch the movie with us, but she had somewhere she had to be. So, um, But anyways, we just watched The Secret of Kells, um, which is a movie that I've, I've heard a lot about um, ever since it came out, but I had never actually seen. Um, me neither. So this was definitely a fun experience getting to yes. see that for the first time. Yes. Um... Would you like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis, or would you like me to try to do that? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, It's very interesting. It is a, I guess, a monastery type, uh, or like monks. It's a yeah. It's not totally clear. It seems like it's yeah, yeah. But but they're 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 monks in that they're scribes. Mostly that, and now it's and now it's also like kind of a refugee camp almost. Yes. So yeah. So they're. Where do we know what part of the country or whatever it's supposed to be? Well, anyway, it's called so, Kells. Yeah, well, Kells. So this community Kells uh, is is a monastery, and there's monks who scribe and and create books and scrolls, and they're under threat for a Viking invasion that is occurring all over the land. And so there's a young boy that looks I don't know tenish. Yeah, he's uh, young. Yeah, Brendan, and his only family is the head of the of the monastery abbot yeah chella yeah um who's his uncle i'm sorry we're going to probably butcher a lot of irish words i know sorry anyway um i looked up some of them but there's a lot (laughs) right but he um the abbot wants is 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 primarily focused on building a huge wall around uh, this monastery where there is also a a makeshift refugee camp, Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of people that have come and taken refuge within the walls. And he feels like the abbot that this is going to protect them from the Vikings instead of their focus, which is normally making scrolls. And, and there's a, a book in essence, a sacred kind of book that they're wanting to preserve of all. Well, it's not, that book isn't there at first, but one of the refugees who comes is Brother Iden, who is from, oh, I should have written down the name of the island that he's from, but he has he has the book that's named after that island. Um, but the and, mon- he, and he brings it and he's trying, I mean, the monastery talked about it as like a thing before, right. but they weren't focused on that. They're focused on scholarly stuff in general. Correct. But it, they obviously are parts of the same monastery or, or you know. Yeah, they group. seem to believe similar things. Correct. Definitely. And so, yeah. And so then the book comes into um, Kells. Yeah. And then the brother that brings it is wanting to continue the book and finish it because there's some unfinished pages and train uh, Brendan on how to do that. But the uncle, or who's the abbot, wants the whole focus to be on building this wall. And he literally... Um, that's his huge focus. So yeah. it's it's just really, yeah. It, it, and Brendan had never been outside of, of, the, walls. The, of the walls of this place before. Um, and so obviously he does that. Um, at one point he meets an interesting um, wild girl named Aisling. Um, and yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> yes, yes. I wasn't yeah. sure where to continue there's, to. Yeah, yes. there's, <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting kind of magical stuff, but also just this, this inherent plot worry of the vikings and how to deal with them a uh, brother brother aiden who who's the one who comes with the book is of the mindset that they should just run um if if the vikings come but the abbot is is like no we're gonna build these walls and it will help us it'll keep us safe was it just me or was it almost like a christ analogy almost or like the book is kind of reminiscent of the bible um, I'm not sure. There was definitely some themes going on with, I, I would have seen the abbot. He seems like he's definitely Christian, but there's a lot of stuff having to do with pagan, um, what is considered pagan myths and, and such and, and different Celtic myths that go on in the film. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put the book or anyone who uses it as a Christ metaphor because it seems too closely entwined with pagan things. 
I guess just the significance of the book and the importance of it in in giving There's hope definitely to people. Like a, it almost being a, like it, it being, being a, the, yeah. the, a biblical analysis kind of sure. analogy. It's definitely really important in Correct. the way that Jesus is also very important to that religion, right? Um, or yeah. that again, they're they're the keepers of the sacred scroll, but then this one book seemed to be this just important book that is going to bring hope to the world. And I guess that has the, like a gold cover, but yeah. it's mentioned at one point that like the, the gold on the outside isn't what's important. That's what's in it. Right. So again, I guess that's where I'm getting that biblical um, analogy. I've, yeah. I, I think there's definitely some parallels, some of which are probably intentional, but I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be a specific Christ allegory because of all the, yeah, it's, it's very rooted in other traditions. It seems like, yeah. um, but yes, this is a very interesting movie. Yes. I would definitely recommend it. I um, would too. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend it. Awesome. Let's get specific. So let's start talking about that story. I actually, like my notes are sort of minimal on, on, on this. Like I tried to take notes, but I don't know. I guess I was enraptured with a lot of it and wasn't sure what to write about a lot of it. A lot of my, I have a lot of music notes on this one for once. Um, but anyways, so the, the, the two thing, main things that I wrote down for story stuff is um, that, wow, that the mood in that beginning part with the music and the whispering and the, and the intense visuals and stuff. You remember that? That was... That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That was a very... It was the visuals, and I know we're going to get more into animation, sure, sure. but it, it was, to me, reminiscent of looking through a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Sometimes I you didn't know that. where to look, and, and things were moving and turning, and they were beautiful, but they were... Yeah, it was just like, whoa. It's like you just almost got mesmerized at different pieces. Like sort of do. moody, almost mystical music yeah. in there. And then yeah. she's, uh, I think it's the, the voice actress who does Aisling is, and I think it is supposed to be her whispering it. She's like whispering oh, this stuff voice. about, yeah, about how the world's changing and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's really interesting. And can I tell you, she, yeah. she is an amazing character. She represents, she is mystical in that she takes many forms she is the guardian or or represents the forest and the guardian and so she can control animals and wind and she can take the form of this beautiful white wolf it says she's a fairy and she's apparently related to the tuada tuada danan probably said terribly i try i listened to a dude say it but um it's a supernatural race in irish mythology is kind of what she's uh based on and also her name refers to a type of vision poem in irish language poetry that's called aisling um yeah 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 beautiful name aisling and she she goes from this her hair we'll talk more uh, animation but but is almost like wind like but it's white and it'll swirl and, and again she can take the form of the of this white wolf or of just kind of a beautiful i don't know uh, flowers or wind or um or turn into almost a vapor form she does no that. she doesn't that's right she can right. make other things but i guess her hair we well, yeah, when she's i mean maybe she can but she but, didn't or and then she's she's a young girl the same age around she looks Brenna. like a young girl, she, she, yeah, she can look like a young girl yeah and uh, her whole whisper speech in the beginning definitely intimates that she has been around a while and brendan has led again this extremely sheltered life he's never been outside the walls which i guess they've been building these walls for a long time the, if he's never been outside of them but he's i mean he's got to be at least 10 i would say Right. And so then he finally, because of the, uh, the monk, uh, that comes, I forgot Aiden, his name, brother Aiden. Aiden, brother Aiden, who comes, who wants a type of berry or nut that will make ink. It's mm-hmm. like not food. It's, it, 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 it will make a berry to make ink, ink basically. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so he wants those from this forest and, and Brendan wants to, you know, impress him and finally gets up the nerve to leave the compound and go into the forest. And I and I put one of the other, the only other real plot thing that I that I have, um, which there's lots of plot things. But anyway, I put um, the, the du- I, I enjoyed the duality of the forest. Like when he first goes into it, it's this beautiful, amazing kind of place mm-hmm. and then quickly becomes this scary thing. And then later after he encounters her, uh, she kind of turns it back into the beautiful thing and it's and it's the forest is both of these things mm-hmm. like it, 
together like the scary and and the beautiful and it's yeah i found kind of almost like the duality of snow white where she is first in the forest and with all the animals and then when she's running for her life from the huntsman Mm -hmm. it turns into the trees almost trying to grab her it doesn't quite get like that but it becomes extremely um scary and un un unfriendly and Mm -hmm. you know just yeah, and there's these terrifying and, wolves. Yes, yeah. that all surround him, and he ends up in you know surrounded and in, in almost like a was it a gravestone? What was he on? It seemed graveyard-ish, but I'm not totally sure yeah. what it was. It could have been. I'm not sure exactly. And there's also a precious, precious cat that comes with Brother Aiden, who Pungerbon. Yes, that's the that, name of the cat, which yeah. is also it's also the name of a poem in an early ninth century Irish manuscript called the Reichnu Primer. And Pungerbon is a white cat in that poem, who's owned by the monk writing the poem. Um, and the last verse of that poem talks about turning darkness into light, which is the stated purpose of that most important page in the book that they're working on. Ah, there's a whole lot of yeah, there's yeah, still, lots, lots of, of symbolism. Stuff. I mean, I'm Amazing. just pulling this stuff from wikis, but yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, so so. Brendan and um, Ashling, Ashling. That's why how I'm saying. Yeah, Ashling just become. They almost grow together as little characters in that she has, you know, her her whole family are gone. She's the only one left, and he. When she says you know, that, do you have a family? He says no. I mean, in in essence, he you know doesn't recognize, I guess, his uncle as family per se. So he doesn't have parents or siblings. So they're both orphans in a sense. And yeah, they, when they when get she this when he mentions that he doesn't have the parents, she kind of opens up and it's like, oh, you too. As she doesn't quite say that, but that seems to be the look in her face, right? And she thinks that he's initially going to come into the forest to desecrate it and to to harvest it for food. And he lets her know, I don't need anything. We, I mean, I just want these berries for ink. And and he tells her the importance of this book. So initially, she's going to help him find the berries, and then he's never to come back to the forest. But then before even the end of that, they end up being becoming bonding. Yeah, kind of by with the each time other. she drops she's dropping him off, she's like, You guys can come back and yes. be fine. Yes, and so then then and so his uncle finds out and forbids him to leave, but he keeps sneaking out and they keep getting to know each other. And again he and, and he's getting to know the force and learn from the mm-hmm. force because that's one thing that Brother Aiden told him, you need to experience There's only life. so much you can learn from books. Basically. Exactly. Because his whole life has been this this, you know, monastery or abbey and books and scrolls and writing and he knew nothing of nature you know mm-hmm. in, in not much i mean like not trees and flowers yeah. and all that good stuff so and so and so as the story goes on like the real the real push and pull is kind of between the uncle and brother aiden and their kind of life philosophies that brendan is between but also pretty obviously just wants to do it brother aiden wants you know, like he's 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 like I like that stuff. I want to do that stuff, but his his uncle keeps trying to pull him away from it and, and stuff. So much to the extreme. Yeah, he puts that a, he puts him in a in like locks a him up that in he a can cell. Lock. Yeah. yeah, he locks him up, and then um, Aisling comes, and that's where it's wonderful. She turns the cat, um, yeah, into a, a kind of a spirit form. Yeah, she like pets it and is like singing a song, and it turns into like this mist vapor. And then she thing. sings this it's incredible, cool. beautiful song. But in essence, he's in this tall. The key or the um, abbot, his uncle, is at the top of like this tall tower tower, building. And so she, to get the key to let uh, Brendan out of this this prison, she has the cat turn into this spirit kind of cat who gets the key and, you know, and lets him out. And then she and Brendan escape to the to the forest. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's great. Um was there anything else with plot that isn't spoiler that you wanted to mention and or anything with voice acting? I can't think of anything per se with plot that would sure. be spoiler. So I guess no, we there's go definitely to voice, a lot of spoiler voice stuff. acting because it feels like there's a lot of themes and stuff to explore also. But a lot of that you kind of need to be in the spoiler section for. So because right. it. Yeah. But voice acting again, I loved Ishling's voice and her singing voice. I don't know if it was the same actress or not. Uh, I didn't see anything differentiating, so I'm guessing it's the same. Um, Voiced by Kristen Mooney. Okay. Yeah, she didn't seem to have any other credits, at least on Wikipedia. Um, So I'm not sure. sure. Okay. Okay. Well, and then Brendan, the uncle, uh, brother. The uh, uncle is actually voiced by someone that you know. Who? (laughs) 
um, Brendan Gleeson. And you might not recognize the name, but he played Alistair Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter films. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. All right. Wow. That actor himself that played Mm Mad-Eye. Okay. Yeah. He voiced Wow. Wow. Okay. Love that character. Love Harry Potter. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) amazing. Amazing. Um, Again, and then what was, sorry, I'm losing the the name of the the brother that comes with the the book. Brother Iden. Brother Iden. I I loved his voice. His his name is spelled Iden, but I don't know. I don't remember if that's how they pronounced it or not. Yeah. Just, just Mick Lolly is who voiced him. Great. Just great. Oh, and Evan McGuire was uh, Brendan. Oh, okay. Okay. But great combination fluidity i mean the 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 expressions the body movements the uh facial expressions well, match the voices do you wanna, right but do i just wanna, mean that well, all i mean let's, let's start going into okay. some animation okay. stuff because i agree i put i really enjoy the animation on brother aiden his face and his like big hands especially and stuff yes and interestingly the animation initially when i, I did it not only at times did you feel like you were looking through a kaleidoscope because it was amazing. <laughs> but my first thought was the type of animation reminded me of something that we will see at some point, which was the thief and the cobbler. It's a different kind of, um, it's not as... Well, Mom, it's interesting you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? So I'm just going to read this this fairly long quote from Wikipedia, but interesting because of you specifically, bring, and you brought that film up too when we were watching. The Secret of Kells began development in 1999, which is like 10 years before it came out. It came out in 2009, uh, when Tom Moore, the director, um, and several of his friends were inspired by Richard Williams' The Thief and the Cobbler, oh, oh Disney's okay. Mulan, Gustav... I'm brilliant, Cl- aren't I? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Disney's Mulan, Gustav Klimt's paintings, John Bauer's illustrations, and the works of Hayao Miyazaki, which, uh, which based their visual style on the respective traditional art of the cultures featured in each film. Ooh. So they decided they wanted to do something similar to Studio Ghibli's films, but with Irish art. Tom Moore explained that the visual style was inspired by Celtic and medieval art being flat with false perspectives and lots of color. Even the cleanup was planned to obtain the stained glass effect of thicker outlines. Yes, that's, yeah. that is what it was. And also of. that flat with false sense of perspective, like they definitely played with perspective at different points. Which is also definitely something Thief and the Cobbler does a lot. Yes, it's like which a will book actually coming... be covering Thief and the Cobbler like I... soon. <laughs> okay, okay, but yeah, it's like a book come to life. Other than it wasn't, you know, obviously, you know, flat, right? Uh, you know, and it and it's and it's two D, obviously, but it it just it was it was so neat. Yeah. I loved it, and and it was unique. Well, what I mean, it was distinct, and sure, and it, but it was very still visually attractive. Oh, definitely, really good body movements, and again. I one of again my favorite was um, Aisling because her fluidity, mm-hmm. her her movements, yeah, the even flu- as the young girl and the really way good. and the way her hair would move. Yes, oh, it was just amazing. Yeah, her like her animation was fluid and also kind of her form. Like it, they didn't keep it really strict on like keeping a. There's there's a term called keeping characters on model which is generally something that you want to do, but a certain amount of like squash and stretch is, is usually in a lot of things. Um, but with this, her, her form, especially when she's like running and kind of doing different athletic things kind of changes a little bit, which is really appropriate for her given her supernatural, um, the way that she, yeah, the way that she is. Oh, I put that the wolf, the wolves, um, reminded me of Cerberus from Hercules with how like, they're just like, dark black and then they have kind of the red outline around the lips yes and the red eyes i think too yeah it just made me think of cerberus and what was also amazing about the way they moved and when they came when they were when they were coming and surrounding their forms and their movement they were terrifying that they were coming yeah. you know eyes red and their mouths open and then when Aisling would you know control them they they'd form a circle and then sit up almost like you would see um, not sphinxes. What are the cats in like in in pyramids? You know, like I mean, have, sphinx. Cats. I guess they're sphinx sphinx cats. But yeah, they would. They, but they would, would stand up, up and, and be stand up, and, and their then, form would be almost more of an outline. And, yeah, almost yeah. a statuesque, and 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 then all of the um, harsh and and they were aggressive less ter- features. They, they yeah. turned less terrifying, but still intimidating. Yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, that, that the aggressive mouth. Well, you, it would just almost be eyes. Yeah, it would statuesque. Be gone. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, yeah no, it's very, a, yeah, very mm-hmm, impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it really interesting also um, the way that the Vikings were portrayed as like this, these terrifying and inhuman beasts. I, I put kind of, kind of more like demon bulls than people mm-hmm. um, was, is really interesting. They get a lot of play out of like their shadows and the, and the, they have kind of blocky forms, but then they have the horns for their helmets and stuff. And they got a lot of play out of like, capturing people with just shadows and stuff like that and, the, was, and, yeah. and i'm excited to know that they got their inspiration from thief and the cobbler because the enemy they fight in thief of the mm, cobbler yeah i can so see mm-hmm, that inspiration mm-hmm. especially the use of the shadows the horns of the helmets yeah even the shape of some of them and Were they again, called one eyes yes was it just of the, the one eyes okay correct. it was all of that well yeah I think I think it was. I forget. Yeah. Well, we're gonna see it in like yeah. a couple of but weeks. But sim- <laughs> yeah, similar thing because it's amazing to me how scary something that is not detailed and distinct, but just by. I think it's actually literally two weeks away. I think we're gonna do. Yeah. We'll okay. See. Anyway, sorry. Well, no, I was just gonna say they did almost with. Well, I don't want to say geometric shapes, but it, mm-hmm. again, it, these Vikings. They didn't have a lot of detail on their face, no. but they had similar shape forms. They'd have the same kind of, you know, helmet core mm-hmm. shapes. And then again, that shadow. And it was just terrifying. It was just that movement. They were like the more this terrifying force than they were people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I found it really interesting how at multiple points throughout the movie, the screen would split into like three parts, mm. sometimes on top of each other, sometimes side to side, sometimes it, each of the thirds were kind of framed by a thing, but like it did it several times and like a character would like walk or climb or something through one, but then they'd be in a different position doing a different thing, but still like walking or climbing or whatever in the, the next and stuff. And yeah, it was an interesting way that they like... Yeah, it was a really interesting art choice. And I guess it also makes me think of um, cathedrals and, and, and the... Stained glass. Stained, stained glass, glass yes, exactly. Yes. How the, how they're segmented and stuff. It made me think there's even a particular one, I think, that kind of framed... They were framed sort of like that. Yeah, that yes. was really interesting. It was. So, I mean, just absolutely beautiful animation. Oh, yeah, and then once Unique, towards the end, there was like... It was like a white page, and then like someone had done like a watercolor painting in the middle of it that was the background that someone was walking through just like a white page that had like this splotch of like this beautiful background on it but it was like a paint yeah yeah it, it is amazing yeah i really I, again very different animation than i'm used to watching sure. but i loved it mm-hmm. it was amazing um, oh, and I'll, I didn't I didn't mention this, but I, I should um, that the film is based on the story of the origin of the Book of Kells, which is an, illumina- an illuminated manuscript gospel book in Latin containing the four gospels of the New Testament that is located in Dublin, Ireland, um, and it also draws upon Celtic mythology a lot. Ooh, but yeah, okay. Well, see, I wasn't way off with my biblical yeah. thought. Of yeah, there's that. definitely some Bible stuff going on here. Okay. Okay. Um, did we want to talk about sound design? Oh, sure. Because, well, for I mean, like, literally the first thing that you said when the movie started was, I like the wind chimes. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, the music was, so it was composed by uh, Bruno Collet, along with a um, music group called Kila, um, who are an Irish folk music slash world music. A music group formed in 1987. See, I can see. I love folk music. I love Irish Celtic sounds. Mm-hmm. You know me. I'm more of an. I love now in my old age. <laughs> no, um, I love instrumental. I think because it's the mood again. If it's good music, yeah, it's it's that the feelings that it evokes. I don't want to get caught up in listening to lyrics or distracted sure. by that. And I think that's why I love some of that music. But again, um, yeah, just it was. No, there was many. I have beautiful. like what like one, two, at least three different times where where I'm just like, man, the music's great right now. Yeah, like during the montage where Brendan and and Aisling were hanging out in the woods. Um, the music when. Um, the brothers were joining Brendan as he was as he was writing the in the book and stuff like that. Some music that's later in spoiler territory. Like it was just it was very well done it was, it um, was. throughout the whole movie. But there was definitely some times where it really came to the fore and helped sell the mood of a of a scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then of course we have the song that she sings oh, um, when she turns. I mean, yeah. beautiful. What 
DJ, do you remember that song? DJ used to always make, um, which I still listen to, <laughs> CDs for me of different songs. Yes. What was that kind? It was, was it an Irish or whatever the song? It was that ballad of the, this girl that like worked in a tavern was, or something. That was Lorena McKenna. Okay. Uh, was the art was the artist's name? Oh, okay. I forget the um, name of the song. And was it was it Irish Celtic? What was it? I think she does Celtic music. Celtic. I okay. Think so. so that it was reminiscent of the. What I mean is, it was it was ballad like, but it was mm-hmm. just so beautiful because she's this young little you know spirit sprite. But oh, you're talking was, about the song sung in the film. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was it was just. It's a mixture of, of English and Irish or or Gaelic um, words, and and she mentions the cat's name Pengar a lot in it mm-hmm. um and yeah no it's beautiful they it the, she she sings it there in the movie while she's having the cat turn into a weird spirit ghost thing and do some stuff and then well, it, it also the plays key to let right, right, right. out of I, the prison i wasn't going to go into all of it but yes um, and then it also plays again during the credits yes and yeah, again it's, it's one of those that dj if you want to make me another cd you could put that on there i could listen to that almost oh, every day i love you <laughs> um yeah no it was gorgeous the music was great um very good music. Yes. And again, I love, it was just such a beautiful collaboration uh, of animation, story, music. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have any other notes on that before we go to... I know. I almost there. I was going to oh. say other than than the outside sounds, like like of wind. Oh the yeah, end. no, they have some everything beautiful sound just effects beautiful. Too. Yeah, so sound effects, birds and stuff. Yeah. Exactly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The part of the part of the podcast that it's named after um, has a hold up. <laughs> um, yes. I I don't know if you have any notes for this section, but I do have one. You do have one, and that is that. Um, the way that brother, uh, Asua, I'm not completely sure how to say his name. I don't know if it's actually said in the film. Um, but the, the, um, the brother from Africa, the way that he's drawn specifically with these really big lips and like, there's a way that a lot that people draw black lips and sometimes where it's basically like an oval around a line. Mm. And from what I understand... I think most black people would rather we retire that particular way of drawing black people because it, I believe, is based in minstrel stuff. Mm, Um, And not that anyone doing it now is necessarily doing it with that intent, but, you know, you can be racist without intending to be. Um, So, yeah, the the way that his lips were drawn um, was unpleasant. And there was several things where they were, like, super gigantic for some reason um yeah him his i mean his character was fine his character was a bit part really most of the brothers um were there was several from several different countries like a um one from italy i think and one from somewhere in asia um this is i think this is why i was like it what symbolism because you know some of the the uh, three wise men. That's, that's what it yeah. was reminiscent. Their their sizes, I can see this to some an of their extent, ethnicities. It but was they didn't almost... really do anything to really play that sort of part, though. No, but I just mean when they would group them together. I think that was just in the back of my mind. I'm like, are they, are they trying to be yeah symbolic? But again, so they absolutely could have have done his character better and mm-hmm. and not not play into that. Yeah, it's it's just. The, the the art choice there was was not good. was poor and yeah. they are far from the only people doing that but everyone should stop yes. it's a thing that is it's still done in anime a lot especially too which is unfortunate um yeah it's just not good um but yeah that's my real that's really the only thing that i had for this section did you have anything i don't think because there's really nothing i didn't see really any other isms other sure. than that kind of that race that ism with with the animation. It's called racism. Yeah, racism. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. You, I, you were I, just kind of stumbling over yourself. Racism on yeah on the way they did that animation. Again, this is in a Abbott. It, it, there was no really technology per se. It was torches. It was you know. So there's not like yeah, there's no any technology, technology that's not holding up with the the villagers. Uh, it was actually and, and funny the, at one point he was trying to describe to her what a book is. She didn't understand technology even on that level. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And what and they it's like still it's on pages. It's hard to explain. I don't. Yeah. Well, and also the, there was the, it starts off with them chasing down this goose to get feathers for the quills. <laughs> right. So 
so they were even using quills to 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 write in this book yes and so yeah uh but there were even bit parts and when they took in refugees there was no like I don't know, sexist portrayal per se. It was just different refugees. Sometimes it would be family. Sometimes it would just be like a male or somebody who was injured coming in and them letting in them in the fort. So yeah, there was nothing that was, I feel like, yeah. you know, offensive. No, I think it was mostly that racist character design. Yes. Um, and on also, I mean, which is generally a problem in animation of the race of the character is often not the race of the person voice acting for them by which i mean the race of the person voice acting is usually white um and i'm pretty sure that was the case for the um asian character uh, what is his brother tang um i'm pretty sure um was voiced by a white guy um is what it looked like it, um but anyways when i looked at a picture of the guy anyways um but that's a huge problem throughout animation let's Go to our spoiler alert. Skip to 42 minutes and 43 seconds. So this movie got intense. Yes. <laughs> Those Vikings did come a knocking. Yes. And uh, it got rough real fast. Yes. Um, like there was definitely implied deaths going on beforehand, but then... Uh, then the Vikings came and it became some definite deaths happening. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure most of the brothers are were toast. Uh, the only one that seemed to survive was um, Brother Tang. And I think it's because he was in the cellar area. I think he was hiding down there with some of the people, but all the people that were in that room that the, Viking, the Vikings burst oh, open, I think yeah. they're all. I think they're they all, all died. Gone. You didn't see them again after that. Yeah, and there were some villagers... And I guess you didn't see where they ran off, but that did survive. But, yeah, yeah, but, but I don't think those of... brothers did. Yeah. I think it was just uh, Brother Tang. He okay. seemed to be. He was the only one who showed up again after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think didn't... it was just him. I didn't. Oh no, I would have even cried. I know, and I, I thought, didn't... and I thought that the abbot was going to die, but then he he ended up living. Um, he was shot. I mean, he, you know, he, with he was shot, he got hit times. with an arrow like that. The very first attack the Vikings did while launched one arrow over the wall and it hit him like in the shoulder. But then he was also stabbed in the back at one point by yes. Viking. But he he lived through it somehow. Right. Um, but yeah, the other the other brothers I don't believe did, and a lot of innocent people like he intimates at one point. The the movie never gets like explicit with with people. Like dying, like showing their deaths, but like it's pretty clear. Yeah, they burn that things. When people are, yeah, it's, and, and the it, stairs like fall apart at one point, and people you are kind see of falling. bodies falling. Yeah. yeah, and and they show it at a distance, and it's more like shadows. Sure. So again, yeah. nothing is up close. You don't see. It's tasteful, exactly. horrific violence. Exactly, and it's horrific violence not for the sake of violence, but for the point of the story. Yeah, and. Again, with this animation style, mm -hmm. it again it went from these different beautiful colors or, or different variation to just black and red and shadows. Yeah. So again, it got intense really fast. And they also alluded at other parts at the beginning that again with the Vikings coming that they destroyed and mm -hmm. killed and and left nothing or no one. And so, you know, other than some of the people that would escape. Right. So, yeah, it was... Oh, let's actually back up just a little bit, though, because I realized that we didn't talk about um, when he went into the cave and faced oh. that weird thing in the water. I don't know. That whole thing was... Tri yes. It was like a, he was... It was like he was in his mind in this weird water stuff, and there was this... Like but it was like it was polygonal, one, like, one wait what do you call it what, what, flat what, one yeah, one dimension yeah one the dimensional thing that was attacking almost. him well almost kind well, of well he wasn't one dimensional but what he what was attacking it usually him was seemed like one dimensional you, most it would turn sometimes but uh, yeah, yeah it was sometimes uh, so yeah. sorry backing up there this oh, I final didn't write page down the, what the thing is called oh this fi the final page that needed to be in this book of Kel or they didn't call it the book of what did they call it? The it was book? the book of the place that yeah. Brother Iden came from. Okay. But anyway, of this book, they... There's a lot it, of words that aren't people's names that I should have written down. <laughs> I normally just write people's names. Anyways. It was so specific and inter... You know... Interlocking? Well, to intricate. Say? Oh, sure. Am I intricate. saying that right? Yeah. Uh, but again, since they don't have technology, they there was the story of this original or this 
prolific writer or well, we don't our, have our to get brother. super super detailed. right but I was going to say but the then they had they called a third eye and in essence it was like a magnifying glass or like a Bas- like, or a like a crystal that like a could, crystal yeah. and so but it, it wasn't just that you could look closer with it but it also kind of fragmented it which I think played into kind of how they that would draw kaleidoscope yeah. kind of thing but yeah almost like this crystal yeah, yeah. and you know but and so that was destroyed it, from the from the brother that came yeah, it, in when the Vikings brother Iden when he escaped it fell out and got destroyed by the Vikings yeah from the island and again he escaped with the book so Brendan has to, to go away. on a quest he has to go into this dark place that Eichling is terrified of yes and she said that it destroyed whatever this entity somehow destroyed her family, family. or something yeah. it's like a, some dark sort of malevolent force correct and but it somehow he recognized the symbol which was the symbol of like supposedly this third eye which was this crystal yeah. so but again she, she like lifts get... up the thing and almost dies helping him and he gets sucked in and then he's like in uh, a mind prison or something where he's in like this water stuff and he has to deal with this serpent ish thing yeah and then he, he like finds like some chalk or something that he uses to draw lines to defeat to buffer the thing. It. Yeah, to kind stuff. of buffer it. And ends up it ripping out its its eye, which is the which crystal is the, thing. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really weird. Um, I, I feel like I tossed the word trippy out too much. It wasn't quite trippy, but it was it was just weird and really. Yeah, it was it was odd but really interesting. That yeah. whole scene. But then again, he so he ends up getting this crystal, but he has to use it like he holds it up to look through to draw this intricate yeah. page that needs to be this final page. Of this yeah, book. like it's it's really small, really intricately drawn stuff that that is in this book. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the Vikings attack, and it's terrible. And they're coming after this book, and they he is. Well, I don't think the Vikings care that much about the book. Well, they did the the big Viking thing came. They he wanted. He takes it, it at after. one point, but I think it's because it has gold on it, not that because oh, he knows anything you. about what it got is. Got you, got you. So he just wants the cover of the book. I think he does take it, but he rips out all the pages. Yeah, he just cares about the cover. Got it. He got doesn't it, care it. about what's inside. Oh, Okay, I thought maybe he part no, of his quest so. was destroyed. Okay, but yeah, the the Vikings come. Um, Brother Iden and Brendan end up um, escaping. It seems like uh, um, the uncle's going to die, but he just lays on the ground for a while and is okay. Um, and in the aftermath, um, Brother Tang comes out and helps the abbot. Up well, hang on, that's stuff. that's a long way. But down yeah, there. but no, the... but but Aisling, hang on, a- uh, yeah, yes. you skip some important things. No, <laughs> no, Aisling with her wolves surround the Vikings. Well, it, it seems it's like after they, they them. Es- so so Brendan and and Brother Iden escape into the woods and are running, and then they get surrounded by like three huge Viking guys. Right, and they take the book, but it seems like they're going to try to kill them too. Right. And then Aisling sends her wolves. And they surround, and, and the they seem to kill. Destroy they destroy guys. the Vikings, and then they're able to collect all the pages. Well, but then they keep fleeing because they need to keep this book safe. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's neat because as they're traveling and continuing, it does some of the splitting it into three parts. Like yes, yeah. and he ages. Brendan mm-hmm. starts getting older and older until he becomes a man. Yeah, and he's still being mentored by. Um, by brother the, Aiden. By Brother Aiden. And then, you know, they don't really show Brother he Aiden to die. dying. He seems to die off screen, but yeah. It's yeah, not, he dies off It's not made explicit, but it's in, insinuated. But then Brendan realizes, and, and he imparted Brother Aiden on him, that the book needs to be shared. It shouldn't be hidden away right. and protected. It needs to be shared with the world. Oh, so also then, notably, um, they didn't seem to have... It, seem, it seems like even though the Vikings were killed... And so they could have kept using that golden cover. It didn't seem like they were using it anymore when they recreated it. Correct. It was yeah. just a plain you yeah, know, cover. Yeah. And so, yeah, then Brendan then comes, you know, traveling around. And th- that was kind of the Christ analogy because they almost, to me, made him, you know, he was he I was dressed in kind of that, yeah. you know, Jesus or whatever look and, um, and then traveled around and would share the book. Mm-hmm. And then he made his way all the way back then to Then the part that made us Kel. cry. <laughs> yes, he comes back to Kel. And the uncle all this time has thought that he was dead, Brendan, and of course blames himself. Right. Brendan thought his uncle was dead because he had seen him he shot. Ran away, and yeah. he and he kept trying to go back he was to shot his and uncle. stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> he kept trying to go back to his uncle, but brother Aiden's, you know, said, We have to go. Your 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 yeah. your uncle oh, has wanted during the actual yes, attack. During yeah. the the attack with the Vikings said your you know, your uncle wants wanted to keep you safe. Now I'm charged with keeping you safe. We have to keep going. Yeah. But you know, poor Brendan always like, kept wanting to go back to So my they uncle. both assumed the other was dead. Exactly. But... So then at the end he's getting up in age he's you know possibly on his you know close to his deathbed but all of a sudden yeah here comes brendan and not only comes with him but 
then has the book because he thinks not only that Brendan is dead, but the book has been destroyed. So just beautiful. And he has, he, there was a Pete when, when Brendan was first trying to add to the book, there was a page where he, he'd drawn a thing on it and the, um, with the crystal and uncle like tore it out and, and took it at one point. But he, he kept a hold of that all these years as like, as like, the one piece that he still has of this stuff. Yeah. I know. So it just came full circle. Yeah. Just a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it was really interesting. The 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 sudden time skip was a little was maybe a little jarring, but the music and the visuals really helped carry it. I just I guess it it was just not something expected in a lot of movies. So it was unexpected in that regard. Okay, I don't know why I'm thinking this is silly. Maybe it's because it's Christmas time and I'm looking at our beautiful Christmas tree. But the Rudolph, when Rudolph goes away to search for the abominable snowman, and then they show him as he goes along and he starts aging. I guess. So, yes, You're Brendan, silly. they walk along. Well, they're walking along the forest, yeah, and he kept, says they're crossing streams and things. He starts getting older. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else with spoilers that you wanted to talk about? Don't think. Um, oh, other than when Brendan does come back before he joins his uncle, he reunites with Aisling. Yes. And um, I think he shares the book with her. I don't remember if she actually looked at the book, but I don't know. She she took her form again. Yeah. She's still a little girl, though, interestingly. Of course. Her spirit, well, she's you know, again. presumably been that way for a long yeah. time. And then, but yeah, so they got reunited. And yes. she's, she's, initially he's chasing her through. She's this beautiful white wolf, but then yeah. she does turn back to Aisling. Yeah. All right, let's talk favorites and least favorites. Okay. What would be your least favorite scene? My least favorite scene? Mm-hmm. Okay, we you know it's the mark of a good movie when you cannot think of your yeah, least favorite I can't scene. Think of the only thing that I could even say is I guess is when Brendan is put into the prison just because or you know, it locked up just because it's so heart-wrenching and I know that's not what's best for him or the character. It's so I enjoyed seeing that the least, but it was very well done because it tugged at my heartstrings. And I can't so, even. Yeah, I know. I, can't think I guess that's just my least favorite, just because it was so hard, but it was so well done. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I got no. Well, okay. Let's go on to favorite scene. What's your favorite <laughs> okay. scene? Gosh, my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, part uh, torn between the mon. I have three that are tying. One is the montage where Aisling and Brendan are, are, you know, going through the forest. I love that. The other is when she is singing and sitting and trying to free Brendan from the prison Mm. and turns um, the little cat why can't i think of the little cat's name but anyway because into it's, the spirit uh, not a name that you would okay use the same. anyway Congerbon. but sings but sings her and then i guess the last would be the final scene which i can't talk about <laughs> you said that so pouty <laughs> i know i don't want to have we're spoilers. out of the spoilers though. i know um yeah i think my my favorite scene is probably either that montage or i mean i also really liked him climbing the tree which is a little before the montage. But yeah, some of that stuff with, with the two of them. And then, yeah, the ending made me cry. So yeah. it's probably the scene, probably the scene where they're climbing the tree. Yeah. That, that was pretty great. But I do love her sitting in. The, oh, in no, the that part's great. That's amazing. No, 100%. I know. Least favorite character. Ooh, least favorite character. I I guess some of the monks, just because I didn't know them as well. I don't. I don't, I didn't, or the Vikings, because the they were, they were, yeah. The, the, the Vikings are very mean. Yeah, the Vikings were very mean and scary. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, besides the brother who is drawn in a racist way, who is barely a character, so I don't really. Um, I mean, maybe the uncle, just because there were so many times where he was making me grumpy. I still ultimately liked the character, mm-hmm, but... That he was making some bad choices. Yeah, he made a lot of bad choices for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I still ultimately liked the character, but I guess he's probably my least favorite of the main characters. Yeah, I I would agree. How about favorite? You have to choose one. Uh, almost Aisling, um, but Brendan, I, it's kind of a... Kind of a tie with those two. Why do I always have to choose one? Um, Because that's how this this part of the podcast um, works. We're going to have to edit a lot of this, by the way, you all, because (laughs) there's a lot of of pauses. A lot of pauses there. This won't show up because we have to edit. Contemplative silence. Exactly. Because it's hard. I don't want to choose between Brendan and Ashley. I also really like Brother Aiden. Oh, that is true. 
He was amazing. I guess if I have to pick Eichling, why why did I say Eichling? But I know I just I'm kind of because I can't not say her. I loved Brendan, but I loved her so much. Yeah, I'm gonna. I guess that if you're going to make me twist my <laughs> arm here, I guess it'll have to be Aisling. Now the million dollar question. If Tim Curry were in this movie, <laughs> what part would he play? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, I think Brother Aiden. I yeah. think he would have made a great think Brother so? Aiden. Yeah. Think, consider this, though. If he'd been the uncle. The uncle. I know. Maybe I would have. Right? I know. He would have, you know, he would have. So he can definitely do like that grumpy. That voice, yeah. He can do grumpy. And he has such a. It would definitely know, be a different portrayal because as it's done, he, he has a lot of really quiet intensity. And Tim Curry doesn't really do quiet super well. Uh, I mean, maybe he does. But in most of the stuff I recall him being in, he, I, quiet is never an adjective I would use for him. I think I'm thinking of, yeah, because why I think. If he was uh, the uncle, because he has such a powerful voice, yeah. rich, deep voice. I love you, Tim Curry. He has amazing voice. But why I would think of Brother Aiden is because like when Brother Aiden is looking for things and yeah. whatever, he's so he's such a kind of eccentric character have, yeah. and, and, and kooky. I think Tim Curry could just bring a real, real life to that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brother Aiden. I think I think you've sold me. I think I'll go with that too. <laughs> and there's just not a whole lot of characters, so I don't. I mean, he could voice any of the other brothers, I guess, but they bear, they don't say a whole lot. I know so. it would be a waste yeah. of Tim Court Curry's amazing voice. All right, well, let's go to overall consensus then. Okay. Um. Obviously, yes, we still both recommend, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. we both recommend. Um. So. On a star point, whatever Valerie scale. I hope she's listening to it and she smiles when I said that just then. Um, Yeah, where would you put it? On a five point scale. Oh, this is going to be a toughie. Uh, I would say. I got to say, I've always thought of it as a star scale, but apparently that's not what you guys have always thought of it as. And I don't really know that it matters that much. What have I thought of it as? Well, there was the, the, (laughs) whatever episode I was just editing, (laughs) Valerie was, eh, I'll cut this. Don't worry about it. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. So on a five point scale or a five point star scale, whatever we want to call it. (laughs) Um. Goodness, I want to say just such different animation that I am am used to, but beautiful and amazing in its own way. I I may put this up at least at four point five. I don't know if I want to go to four point seven five, but I darn, I know I it it's that impressive. But because of their choice to make a racist, you know, black character, it's basically a racist caricature. Yeah, of of a, of a of a black man. Whether intentional or not. Yeah. Um, then it's not going to get a full five. Uh, do I want to knock it down a whole point five? I don't know. Uh, because the music was beautiful. The animation was amazing. The story was good. Do you, do you need good. a moment or can you settle? On I a don't know if I can settle. Why am I indecisive today, TJ? Some days it's just I like know. that. Some days I'm that way. I think I'm going to go with 4.5. I kind of want to go 4.75, but no, I think I'm going to go 4.5. All right. I am going to go with 3.75. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think it would probably be a four without um, the racism. Um, Why not as high as what we saw last week? What did we see last week? A letter to... Oh, a letter to Momo. Because a letter to Momo made me true. cry a bunch. That is true. And also... No, yeah. I, I I enjoyed a letter to Momo more. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and I mean, a 3.75 is still good. Don't get me... I guess I want to take a, just a brief moment to explain my, my scale in my head, how I view these numbers, because Valerie was apparently viewing them a little different in her own head, so I just want to explain myself. Hmm. A 3 to me is, a, is like a good movie. Yeah. You know, like a 3 is like, yeah, this is a good film. A four is a great movie. Like, this is great stuff. Definitely recommend it. And a five is, like, near perfect, basically. Like, five is basically perfect, though no movie is going to necessarily be perfect. Like, I could probably, if I really wanted to be 
a jerk find something to say that Totoro isn't perfect. But anyways, um, uh, I know, and, I, yeah. And but so then conversely, a two is is basically something that I consider to have merit, but enough flaws that I wouldn't consider it good. But generally, I'm still going to recommend a two. Um, like not necessarily to everyone, but I feel like it has enough merit to be worth watching. I would okay. say a one is something that doesn't have merit to watch. Like you, you shouldn't watch a one. Like mm-hmm. if it's a one, it's not worth your time and anything below one is obviously even worse. But yeah, like a, a one is, is the one where it's, I wouldn't ever recommend a thing. Something between a one and a two. I don't know. I haven't quite gotten there yet. I don't think so. I'm not sure, but like a two is generally something I'm going to recommend to at least some people, if not necessarily everyone. And then, yeah, like a four is like, I want to, part of, part of it for me is also just like how much, how do I feel about wanting to rewatch this? I'll rewatch a letter to Momo and just like ball my eyes out again and just absorb all of that gorgeous, uh, I, the, both of these movies, both that movie and this movie have gorgeous animation, but I definitely am a little more partial to the hyper detailed um version that that a letter to momo has like that's aesthetically mm-hmm. something that i appeals to me a little bit more even though i definitely really enjoyed the animation in this one but i guess um yeah i don't i would i would rewatch this like a 4.75 is for instance above i believe what i rated return of jafar and i really enjoyed you that said movie three, you just said 4.75 sorry 3.75 3. 3. that's okay. yes 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 um but but yeah i i don't know i would probably put it at a at a steady 4 if it weren't for that racist character who is not in most of the movie, but is, is a, a presence in, in the first third, especially. And I mean, it's just, it's a bad design y'all. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. And just, I don't, I don't know if this is a movie that I'd watch again and again and again, I wouldn't mind watching it again, but it's not. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a 3.75 to me. Just, just well, you know, my gut I'm, says. I'm glad, you know, I'm, I would like to amend my, I, I like, okay, here's what I, I like how you are rating. I think why I was inclined to go so high, even though this isn't my, certainly not animation that I'm used to, not my, I don't know if I had a choice, if I mean, it wouldn't be my absolute top pick, but I thought it was so artistic and so it well really done. It really is. So this is I 100% think I would a movie go, that people should watch. Yes. Like, it's... You should watch animation that's outside the bounds of what you're used to. Like, as long as it's not something that is outside of the bounds of, bounds of what you're comfortable with content-wise, um, like, say, some of Ralph Bakshi's films uh, might be, depending on the person. Mom probably won't be watching most of those. Um, but, like, as, as long as it's as, as the content, putting that aside, like... You should try to watch stuff outside of your culture, outside of what you're used to, because it just, it it expands your mental vocabulary, your mental sensibilities. Like, it's, it's just good. Like, I hadn't ever seen a movie that looked quite like this, and I'm really glad that I have. I am too. And it went some places that I wasn't, even though it definitely very much signals where it's going to go, I guess I wasn't necessarily prepared for it to based on other movies I've seen that don't often quite go there. Um, and, and yeah, that was interesting. The, 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 some of the um, way that it handled the passage of time and stuff later in the film, like there was just some really interesting things and, and Oh, what did Valerie say? Um, something with, it seemed like there was a lot of symbolism with, with circles and stuff like that, that was in here. This feels like a very layered film that rewatches. You would find, something new again and again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I can rewatch return of Jafar a lot of times, and I'm probably not going to discover too much, too much different or nuanced in there. I enjoy that movie a lot, but it's not like an artistic film. Mm-hmm. It was never that's in its aims and creation were never to be that. So that's fine. Um, I just really enjoy watching that movie, but this movie is, is artistic and it, it, it is, is about this culture that I am not really familiar with and it has things to say that I'm not used to animated film saying. And mm-hmm. so it was really fascinating and interesting in that regard. And so I a hundred percent recommend it. But when it comes down to like my ratings, it's, it's kind of, it's, 
a huge part of it is how often am I going to rewatch, want to rewatch this? And yeah, I'll rewatch this some, but it's not like I'm going to rewatch it again and again and again and again, like the original Aladdin or uh, Letter to Momo. I'm going to, I I could rewatch that now and just ball my mm-hmm. eyes out again. <laughs> I, I'd love that movie. Um, I, I hoped I would love that movie bef- uh, before I had actually seen it. And I was totally right. I loved that movie right up my alley. Um, yeah, I don't know. But a 3.75 is still very good. Like, I still yes. think this is a great yes. movie. <laughs> and I think what I want to amend mine to is four. Because here's my thought. I think I started out when we first started watching films being very stingy because I thought, <laughs> I know there's going to be some that I absolutely love and, and I don't want to get too close to that five-point sure. scale. But I think where I shifted somewhere along the way is thinking, okay, coming from the opposite end, there's something, what is not right with it and I'm deducting points. Oh, I get it. So I kind of switched and I think I would rather reserve kind of, I think ultimately there's some great films out there. I think what impresses me so much about this film again is that it is so artistic. The music is beautiful. There's, there's so much right with it, but the real truth is I think where I also want to be on my scale is to me, what is a near perfect film? What is something that is so impactful that I want to see it again and again? Sure. And I think I want to reserve that for the Totoros sure. and things. So I think I would like to move back down to four. I don't think I'm going to go to 3.75 for you, but, but it's, I think it would be a four, like a 4.25 for me, <laughs> but I'm knocking it down because of the racist caricature of the, of the black monk um, that just, they poor choice, brother. poor choice, brother. Yeah, they're yeah, all referred yeah, to as brothers. Yeah, I guess they are. They are brothers. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it's important to note, of course, that like our rankings are not definitive and will forever and always be no. very <laughs> affected just by like our personal preference and stuff that we like or enjoy. Uh, yeah, I guess the way that I usually try to view a film is I as I think of as I start at a three, a good movie, mm-hmm. and then I'm like. Where is this compared to that middle ground and yeah. shift from no, there? No, I think I think that's a good way to approach it, and because yeah, again, you've got to have some kind of you know, some kind of scale of likability or watchability. But yeah, ultimately, I, like I kind of feel bad sometimes because it feels like a lot of people would consider all dogs go to heaven as getting a two as like insultingly low, and I don't mean for it to be. But like I rewatched it, and that's a it's a very flawed film. As much as I adored it when I was a kid, and as much as I still really enjoy it and find so much to love in it, mm-hmm. it's still a very flawed film. And to me, a very flawed film isn't a three star. Exactly. You know, like and, and that, I want that is a, a three star is a good film. Exactly. And I want yeah. And I want which my... yes, I realize I'm saying that Return of Jafar is not a very flawed film, and I mean it. you're such a goof no but i want my scale to be also representative which i you know i'm trying to do a representative of what not only how i feel about it and the watchability but i want it to also be what i feel like is representative of the quality of the animation the voice acting the um the music the story, because again, to me, if you don't have again a compelling story, the English teacher in me or the the, <laughs> or the you know, book lover reader of me, I want a compelling story yeah. that is is going to um, make and have character growth and have nuances and not you know be just so full of tropes and isms that it takes away from my enjoyment of the story. So yeah, or just so like critically flawed in its third act that it's kind of baffling looking at it now and trying to understand. I feel like stuff had to have been cut. Anyways, this isn't. I should. I need. I don't <laughs> need to go down to all dogs long. go to heaven rabbit hole again. And all, <laughs> and admittedly, like for a two star movie, I will probably still rewatch that way more than I would maybe a lot of other things that I might eventually rate as a two star. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. These scales are always imperfect, and they're always going to be imperfect. But you know. we're doing the best we can. But no. So yeah, I would go four. You go three point seven. I go three point seven five. Cool. And I would absolutely recommend it. I mean, just wonderful movie definitely Definitely worth seeing definitely watch it next time we are going to be traveling to ancient greece that's all that i'll say it's probably fairly obvious i don't know are there a whole lot of movies that were set in ancient greece anyways until Uh, next time we love you all take good care yes bye bye 
This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.